So we're in the uh, Torah portion this week and last week and also the, f- the next week. It's, if we don't fully understand the significance of the exodus from Egypt and what God did by taking a nation out of slavery and calling a nation his own and declaring them to be his, his special possession. If we don't fully understand the impact of the exodus from Egypt, we really don't understand the theme of the entire Bible. Very often if you ask um, a believer, a Christian, what's the theme of the Bible? What's the theme of the Bible? What is the Bible about? It's a book. What's the theme? If you want me to buy a book, what's it about? You'll normally get this answer. That in the beginning, God had relationship with man, but man sinned, thus separating man from God. And Yeshua, Jesus, came to repair the relationship between God and man by taking sin upon himself and declaring us free. Has anybody ever heard that as the theme, the explanation of what the Bible's about? There is... Separation in the beginning, and Yeshua repaired that separation. So that goes from Genesis 3, the fall of man, skipping the entire Old Testament into the Gospels. I suppose everything in between is ancillary. Maybe we learn about the nature of God and the promises of God. I'm here today to tell you that the theme of the Bible is Israel. The theme of the Bible from beginning to end is Israel. The main characters of this book are Israel. The Bible is a book of Israel's beginnings. When Israel was first prophesied by their forefathers, Abraham, our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it proceeds into their being put into slavery, their redemption from slavery, which is where we are right now, to them forming a nation. It's a book of their risings. It's a book of Israel's failings and fallings. It's a book of their sins and their forgivenesses from sins. It's it's a book of their exiles and their return from exile. The entire book is the history of Israel. That is the book that God took a people out from Egypt declared this people his own. 
gave them his ways and said, if you keep my ways, I'm going to bless you. But if you sin, I'm going to kick you out of this land that I'm giving to you. It's a book of promises to Israel. Every promise that we claim is actually a promise to Israel. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue coming against you will be refuted. That's a promise to Israel. That's a promise to Israel. To Israel. Prophetic, wonderful promises about the future of Israel. One day a righteous king will sit on the throne in Jerusalem and reign and rule the entire world and the word of God will flow from Jerusalem. And healing will flow from Jerusalem through its rivers to heal the nations. It's a book about Israel. The book is about Israel. You cannot separate that from the theme of the Bible. You cannot. If it goes from man fell, but Yeshua repaired it, you're missing a fairly large section of the Bible. Well, where am I in this story? You may ask if you're not from the natural lineage of Israel in the amazing promises to Israel that's in the Bible. It's always been clear. The prophet Isaiah even said that when I redeem you in the end, others will come with you. Those from the nations, foreigners who love me, will come with you. The prophet Hosea said, those who are called not my people will be called my people. God, in his amazing promises to Israel, said that in the yes, I'm going to pull you, push you out of this land, but in the end, I'm going to bring you back. And guess what? When you come back into this land, you ain't coming back alone. You're coming back with nations who love my name. This is why Paul wrote in Ephesians 2 that you who were far away from God, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, are now brought near. You who are strangers to the covenant are now brought near. Where are you in the scripture? You are grafted into Israel. The whole Bible is about Israel, and you are a part of this thing. This is why in Romans 11, when it speaks about grafting in to the olive tree, well, what is the olive tree? What is the olive tree? It says there were those who were, who were, who were cut away from the olive tree, but if they repent and come back to the Lord, they'll be grafted into, it says, their own olive tree. If it's their own olive tree, what does that mean? It means the olive tree is Jewish. 
It means that the olive tree is Israel. This is what you are brought into. The biggest mistake of Christianity, the biggest mistake is its severance from its Jewish roots. The theme of the Bible in the New Testament is not a formation of a new religion and a new entity called the church. It's the fulfillment of what he started in the beginning with Israel. Yeshua is the king of Israel. The New Testament, the Brit Chadashah, the New Testament, the theme of the New Testament is not people joining a new entity called the church. The entire theme is that people all around the world are coming in to the family of God, to Israel. It's not a move into the church. It's people accepting the God of Israel and joining that family. That's the whole theme. And in the end, Yeshua, the Messiah, is coming back. And he's coming back to Israel, Jerusalem, where he will reign. And just like he did in Egypt, where he gathered the people, and it had nothing to do with their righteousness. It had everything to do if they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house. He redeemed them out. God made wonderful promises to the Jewish people all throughout the Bible. At the end of days, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to come down with my arm and I'm going to scoop you out from the nations I'm putting you back. The end of the Bible is not a church waiting for a rapture to heaven. The end of the Bible is Yeshua comes back and gathers everybody to him. It's going to mess you up. But the rapture isn't to heaven. It's to Jerusalem. Because he, when he, it says it happens, we're changed at his coming. When he comes, where's he going? The concept of a, an appearance in the sky and then zapping back is nowhere to be found in the scripture. When Yeshua comes, he's coming back to Jerusalem. The ingathering is to Jerusalem. The kingdom of God is from Jerusalem. At the end of the book of Revelation, it is Jerusalem in its fullness, the new Jerusalem coming down. Coming down. Not going up, coming down. He is going to repair the world. In that day, 
the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the story of the Bible. And everyone from the nations who accepts the king of Israel in their hearts is part of this story. The early church separated itself from its Jewishness, from its Jewish roots. It separated itself because it viewed God as being done with Israel because of their sin. And it was justified by the early church by the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. But just because Israel sinned, it doesn't mean God is done with Israel. When they were kicked out and went to Babylon, was God done with Israel? When Elijah was hiding and said that all of Israel, all the sons of Israel are worshiping other gods and they're killing all the prophets and now they're coming after me, did that mean that he was no longer part of Israel? He was still part of Israel. Even Paul said, God is not done with Israel. God has not rejected his people, Paul said. It goes square against what is called replacement theology. That the church is a replacement of Israel. Do you know how you know that the church is not a replacement of Israel? Do you know what the Greek word for church is? Ecclesia. Do you know where the word ecclesia comes from? Kahila, the Hebrew word kahila, it's the same word used in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, for the congregation, 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 kahila of Israel. If you look at Greek translations of the Old Testament that predate Yeshua by a few hundred years, the word used to describe in the Old Testament the congregation of Israel was ecclesia. And now Paul uses the term ecclesia to describe a church. It never was meant to be another entity. It was meant to be a grafting in to the people of God. In the book of Ruth, you see Ruth, who is a Moabitess, a Gentile. And you see her sister. What was Ruth's sister's name? Orpah. When Naomi, who represents the Jewish people, was in a destitute state, there were two Gentiles that they were related to, Ruth and Orpah. And Orpah went back to her nation, went back to her own ways, and turned her back on broken, bitter Naomi. But Ruth clung to Naomi. Ruth clung to broken Israel. And not just clung, said, where you go, I go. Your people are my people. Hello, grafted in. Your people are my people. Your God is now my God. Where you go, I go. 
And may God deal with me severely if anything but that separates me from you. We're in a unique time in prophetic history. The reason is, for most of the 2,000 years of the life of the Christian church, there has been no such thing as a nation of Israel. Nation, the Israel was still destitute. And the children of Israel, the Jews, are scattered around the world. And we still are. But in 1948, a miracle happened. A miracle happened. A miracle happened. It wasn't a political event, the nation of Israel being formed. It was a prophetic event. It was not political, it was prophetic. The prophet said, can a nation be born in a day? And in one day, the nation of Israel was born. And since that time, we have seen a connection between the Christian church and Israel like we've never seen before. Because evangelical Christians see the scripture and they see that God is fulfilling his promises to the Jewish people. He's fulfilling it. And we accept that. And we see a, a, a relationship, a relationship between the Christian church and the Jewish people and Israel like never before. But it's not about relationship at the end. It's about reunification. And we are in a day, we are in a generation when we're going to see the Christian church acknowledge its own roots. Acknowledge its own roots and come into the family of God, Israel, with the Jewish people like we've never seen before. And this will be a catalyst for worldwide revival. There can be many Christian revivals. You can have revival meetings, you can have tent meetings, you can have people speaking in tongues and falling all over the place. And there could be revivals that are for, a, for an evening, and there could be revivals that change a, change a generation, and there could be revivals that change a nation. But the last revival is a Jewish revival, period. If their rejection, it says in Romans 11, was salvation for the world, Paul is talking about the Jewish people. If their rejection was salvation for the world, how much more their acceptance but life from the dead? This means that the reunification of Judaism and, and the Christian church is life from the dead. That is end times revival. And it will happen. It will happen. I had a vision of a, of a tree. I'm going to share a vision. I'm not saying this is a vision like I was taken up into, you know, third heaven type of vision. But this is a vision that I feel that I was given from the Lord, and I'm going to share it. The body of Messiah, the body, the body of Messiah, the global body of Messiah is like a tree. Picture a tree. The tree, a healthy tree, has a healthy root system, and the tree has fruit 
lush, beautiful fruit that it is growing. The fruit of the tree are the gifts of the Spirit of God and the fruit of the Spirit of God. The things of the Spirit are the fruit. And not just fruits of the Spirit as in Scripture as it says, the love, the joy, the the patience, the self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit, what God gives to us so we can change the world. So he can change the world through us, whether it's prophecy or evangelism or whatever it winds up being. The gifts that he gives, healthy fruit, the root of the tree is the Torah. It's Jewish. The roots of the tree are Jewish. The root of the tree is Israel. It is time. The church tends to the fruit, but not to the root. It is time for the fruit to be connected to the root, the Jewish root. And when it is, the fruit has no choice because it's connected again to the root to be healthy, to be expanding. This is the end times revival. It is the greater body of Messiah recognizing and tending to the Jewish roots of the faith. And when that happens, revival will occur. It's sometimes hard to be in a place like this and talk about another group. It almost sounds like I'm talking about them. And I don't like that. I don't like to talk to uh, the choir. I have no interest in preaching to a choir. The term preaching to the choir means that everybody agrees with you. If I'm just preaching and everybody agrees, then I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. If you preach to a choir, then it's, you're just... You're just, you're just, you know, you're acknowledging what you already know. And everybody just goes, amen, 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 amen. But there's no growth. But here I am, and here we are. And this is the room where it happens. that God gave me to speak over. And today I want to speak reunification of the Christian church with its Jewish roots. I see it a little. I see it in dribs and drabs.
But when it happens, it will cause an explosion of the Spirit. Remember, if their rejection was salvation for the world, how much more their acceptance will be. But life from the dead. I believe we are in the time when ten men from every nation, as it says in the book of Zechariah, will grab hold of a Jew and say, show me your God, show me. I'm coming with you. And remember, you who are here in a Messianic Jewish synagogue, you are part of this story. You are part of this amazing story. Many people come here because they think they're more righteous by being here. Many people come here because they got this revelation that you got to keep the Sabbath. And if I keep the Sabbath, I'm much more righteous with God, and people that don't keep the Sabbath are much less righteous with God. That is a lie. You ain't more righteous than God than anybody else. More righteous with God. It's not about self-righteousness. It's not about self-righteousness. The story is about Israel. We cannot forget that the story is about Israel. I believe, I believe the day is coming when Christianity at large will say, I don't just have relationship with you, Israel. I don't just support you. I don't just give money to your ministries. The day is coming when the Christians will say, I am you. I am you. I am you. Like Jacob and Esau, we're from the same womb. I am you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you that your plans are so high above our plans. What an amazing thing that Paul said at the end of, of Revelation. He said, at the end of um, Romans. He said because of their disobedience, salvation came to the Gentiles. Because of their disobedience, salvation came to the Gentiles. Do you know what that means? It means Israel had to kill the lamb. They had to kill the lamb. This is what Jewish people do on Passover. They kill the lamb. They had to do it. And just like at the end of the story of Joseph, when Joseph was kicked out, 
by his Jewish brothers and went to Egypt, was that a good thing they did? No, it wasn't a good thing they did. Did it come from an evil heart? Yes, it came from an evil heart. But at the end of it, when, it, when Joseph realized that the whole thing was to bring salvation and deliverance to everyone, he said, my God, you didn't do anything wrong because God did this. God did this. The Jews aren't Christ killers. God did this. And you, you have any idea how, how difficult it is for a Jewish person to even say the name Jesus because of millennia of anti-Semitism in the church. Millennia of being killed in the name of Jesus. It is so hard. This is why when I went to my mother and told her what I believe, this is why she didn't come to my wedding. And my grandmother didn't come to my wedding. And my father didn't come to my wedding. It is so hard. I, I'm convinced that I could have went to my mother and said, Mom, I am now a Buddhist. And she would have went, that's nice. That's nice. Or I could have said, Mom, I'm anything. I, I'm, a, I'm a witch. That's nice. Anything. But you say the name Jesus, and there's a visceral reaction. And isn't that something? Because Jesus was a Jew. Jesus ain't no bad guy. He's a Jew. He kept the Torah more than any of us better. And all the writers of the New Testament were Jewish. All of them. Oh, except for Luke, but he was a doctor. <laughs> it's a Jewish book. The New Testament is the continued story of Israel. And isn't it interesting that of all the religions of the world, it's the, Jewish, it's the Jew, Jesus, and the writings of his followers that is considered the most anti-Semitic. You are here to repair that. That's why you're here. It's not for your own righteousness. It's not that you're like, oh, I got this revelation that's the Sabbath and the holidays. Woohoo! It's not that. It's not that. Good for you that you're here on Saturday. Thumbs up! It's not that. It's to bring you reunification. That's why you're here. So, Father, I pray that this, what was, I spoke about, Lord God, was within your heart, and I pray for an activation in this generation, in this time, in this hour, Lord God, for the Christian church, our Gentile brothers and sisters, who are part of our family, to recognize that they're, just, they're not a separate entity from the Jewish people, from Israel, that they are one with them. May it be so, Father. We lift this up to you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. The theme of the Bible is Israel, beginning 
to end. And we're a part of that, all of us. In Yeshua's name, I pray. Amen.